You are about to hear a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au. And be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available. I just wanted to share a principle, I guess, that I've learned over my years as a woman of faith. And, as, you know, and one of the things I've really learned is surrender. And sometimes that hasn't, that's not always an easy thing to do. And, uh, you know, but it's something that I've had to learn over my, over my um, I guess, walk with God. It's, it's surrendering things to God. Because surrender can be quite, you know, trying to take control of our life can be quite exhausting. You know, because life happens. Stuff happens. And even if you're the most organized person and you have the most organized schedule and you've got everything, you know, things can get out of control. Things can happen that you didn't expect. And you know what, if we surrender our life to God and just leave it to God that he's in control, that he's ahead of us and he knows and he's watching us because he can see much further than what we do. God's got it. The first thing I want to tell you and share with you is that surrender all to God. You know, surrender our life and our plans and that's everything. That's everything. Surrendering is a surrendered life. And, you know, that means our family, for our mums, it's our kids, it's, it's ambitions, our hopes can mean different things to different pe- people but it's a yielding of the will that God's in charge and we're not and you know what sometimes when God's in charge and we're not it's really scary that's a really scary notion and you know what sometimes it's hard to surrender sometimes it's difficult and it's not easy and God does know that he knows he knows us more than we know ourselves and I believe this is that surrender actually looks different for everyone because what one person will find easy to surrender, another person will find it harder to surrender. So when God asks us of things, sometimes he knows our innermost being. He knows our thoughts and he knows actually the idols that we place in our hearts that we find hard to surrender. And, you know, God will never ask us. He asks at the right time in our life when he does. So if we n- surrender things to God, it makes it easier to, to uh, make a decision when he asks things of us. We, you know, God is making us a call to, to make a choice and a decision sometimes for things. Um, he's asking us for our heart. He's asking for things that are even greater than ourselves. Amen? But making God a decision, but making a God decision is, is consciously making God a priority of our lives. Because you know what? We can fill our lives with a lot of things. Um, and so that's why we have to have God first. Because there's a lot of things that we can do. There's a lot of things that can distract us just, you know, from God. We don't have to be here. But we chose to be here this morning because we love God and we're following him. Amen. Now, when Jesus called his disciples in Matthew 4, 8, you know, Jesus, this is, you know, I'm sure that Jesus' disciples weren't thinking, you know, about following Jesus. The, you know, it wasn't in the forefront of their minds. You know, when he asked them to follow him, they were fishing. They were, they had a livelihood. And yet in verse 19, Jesus said, come, follow me. Simple to say, but it's not actually simple in their life application. And it says, I will send you out to make you fishers of men. You know, and it said, at once they left their nets and followed him. You know, what's interesting about God is he always speaks to us in the way that we understand. And, you know, he's talking about fishers of men to the, dis- to the disciples because they were fishermen. And I really believe that, you know, we 
fear about when God speaks to us. We can never say that we didn't understand him. And what's really, really amazing about this, he said, at once, at once they left their nets and followed him. You know, they weren't double-minded. They didn't reason it out in their heads. You know, they didn't say, you know, Jesus, I think that's really inappropriate because, you know, we've got a, f- a load full of fish in our boat. What are we going to do? We need to go to the markets and sell them first. He didn't, they didn't say, you know, let me do my numbers and I'll see if I can afford to follow you. Can I afford to do that? They didn't ask that. I mean, I know for me, I'd be thinking, okay, so how am I going to survive? How am I going to eat? You know, what are we, how are we going to live? I don't know if women do that. I definitely do that. And yet these men surrendered all. They didn't realize the amount that the, these disciples surrendered to Christ when he said, come follow me, something so simple. And yet they were able to say yes to it and surrendering their lives to God. That's a big question for a young man. Maybe when our, our life is, you know, we've finished our working life and we've, we've got that time. But these were young men that decided to give all to Christ. You know, if I were to ask you a question, do you believe the Bible from the book of Genesis to Revelation? A lot of us here would say, of course we do. Of course, we're here. Of course we believe it. But if I were to ask you a question today, have you surrendered all to Christ? That's a more difficult question to say yes to. Have you surrendered everything to Christ? You know, sometimes we bargain with God and we say, you know, God, I'll give you this, but I won't give you this. You know, we, we bargain with him. I mean, we believe in him and we love him, but we bargain with him. We say things like, you know, you can have my money, but you can't have my time. Or you can have my time, but I, you can't have my money. How much of our life is really surrendered to Christ? And you know what? Only you can answer that. And only you can answer that with God. Because you need that to come before the Lord in that. Laying our life down and obeying everything that the Holy Spirit says to us. You know, it's really important in our walk. You know, we're not called, you, you, God might not ask you to full-time ministry, but we're all called to minister. And we're all called to share our faith. We're all called to serve God in some sort of way. There is a calling on your life. Amen. And that part of that is surrender. Because you need to give God time for that. So surrendering isn't something new. It's not something that God's asking you to do that he didn't even ask his own son to do. In Matthew 26, 38 to 39, Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. And then he said, you know, this is what he said to his disciples in verse 38. And he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved and distressed to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. I mean, all the sin of humanity was on the shoulders of Jesus. And he was in deep grief. But verse 39, it says, And he went on a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. me." But this is the powerful thing that he said, But not my will, but your will be done. There is absolute, complete surrender in that to the the will of the father, even to the point of death. What an incredibly powerful moment in all of humanity that Jesus laid down his life. What a blessing of eternal life that it brought for us. Jesus built a bridge for us when he did that. He built a bridge to heaven for us. Amen. Hallelujah to God. But God, you know, takes us on our journey in regards to surrender. 
and he never asks us more than what we're able to say yes to. It's not like he's going to say, ask you to do something beyond what you're able to, to say yes to. He's not setting us up for failure. He's not doing that. I remember you said to him, oh, I don't want to ask God too much in case he sends me to China. I don't know whether you heard that. There used to be a saying 20 years ago, like, oh, I never don't want to go to China. But if you don't have a heart to go there, God's not going to give that to you. You don't have to panic. You don't have to worry about that. God will get you there. Your heart will be there when you make that decision. But as a young woman, I said yes to giving a year of my life to serving God in a traveling ministry. And you know, when I made that decision, it was such a big decision because I gave a year of my life. And the way that I managed that, because I used to think, oh, it's too long, it's too, you know, is this too big, is this, you know. And I thought to myself, and I'd say to myself, it's only a year. I'm only giving a year. I mean, that ended up being one of the best years of my life and totally transformed me. It was just one of the best decisions that I looked at in regards to that I made in my early life. But it wasn't until the end of that year and I was, you know, we were on the last day and we were traveling. I was in the van with all the, because there's about 12 of us, and they were, we were dropping the team off to the different host families and they're about to be to, to fly home from overseas and around Australia. And I was thinking about, you know, because... Because God had said to some people, look, we want you to do another year because this was a yearly thing. And so we had two people on the team that had decided that they were definitely doing it. And I'd gone to the Lord and I said, do you want me to do it? And he said, no. I thought, oh. And so I went back to him. I don't know if you, you feel like you're going to give all this stuff to God, but then he says no to you. I don't know whether you've had that experience. And I thought, I must have got it wrong. So I always go back a second time and I say, Lord, do you want me to give this? Do you want me to do this? And he said, no, again. The Lord said, no, that he didn't want me to do that. He says, but what I do want you to do, I want you to give me your whole life to me. And I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's really big. And initially I went, no. <laughs> I, didn't, I just felt very overwhelmed by that. And I remember going away and I was pondering it over the next few days. And I was thinking about it and I said, well, Lord, if you want that, then okay. I said, yes. It took me a while. And that's why I think how amazing it is about the disciples. You know, they said immediately, they said yes and got up and left everything. It took me days to work that out. It's quite powerful. But you know what? There's a blessing in surrender. You know, it's, there's a blessing in that. And, you know, when I surrendered that to God, I met my husband within three weeks. Within 10 months, we're married. And within four months of being married, he was on staff. That yes prepared me for my life partner. It prepared me for what I'm doing today. I didn't know what that meant back then. I just knew that that's what God was asking me. And I simply said yes and walked in that. Amen. I think for women, you know, surrendering our children is a really big thing. You know, I've heard it say that our children, you know, um, are the heart's you know, our hearts running around outside of us. We love our kids. There's nothing like our kids. And, um, but we need to surrender, you know, our kids to the Lord. And you can, you know, we, I'm talking here about surrendering our life, but can we surrender our dreams that we have for our children to the Lord as well? Sometimes we've got these huge dreams for our kids. And uh, I remember I had this huge dream for Hannah. I wanted her to be a vet. I don't know whether she remembers that when you were little. I used to say, do you want to be a vet? I one day I asked you and you'd be like, no. <laughs> and I was like, why? Why don't you want to be a vet? 
She goes, Mom, I can't do all the dad. I can't do that. She was only little. She was in primary school. And I was just devastated. I don't know why I wanted to be a vet. I just wanted to be that. And I realized, like, I can't really make that decision. I think you said, you can't make that decision for her. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> we'll just have these huge dreams for our kids. And they might want that dream. But you know what? We have to allow God's dream for, the, for our kids as well. God has a dream for your kids. And that's why we surrender it to him. It's not us just having our dreams. It's surrendering our kids to God and his dreams for them and teaching them to love God and to honor God and to serve God, allow, allowing God to speak into their dreams. That's what we do as mothers. We bring them before the Lord. We bring them before the altar and we pray for them as mothers. Amen. Uh, the oldest proverb, you know, the one that says most used for children, Proverbs 22, 6, we know it. Train up a child in the way they should go and when they are older, they'll not depart from it. You know what, we, we are to bring them before God. We are to, to teach them to have this lifelong relationship with God. And because, you know what, it teaches them when they get into trouble, they know where to run to. And sure, they can run to us, but there's someone even greater than us that can give them the wisdom that they need. And that's God when we lay them at the altar. So we're to partner with God, with God, with our children. And he can do greater things than we can do because we're only limited. We're limited in our knowledge. We're limited, but God is unlimited. And he sees beyond us for our kids. And sometimes, you know, um, we may not have big dreams for our kids, but God could have bigger dreams than what we expected too because we could limit that, what God has for them. I love the story of Hannah in the Word of God. And I just don't know if mine's older, Hannah. And uh, that's Hannah in the Old Testament. And she was incredibly loved by her husband. And, uh, but sadly, she was unable to bear him children. And we know that in ancient Israel, it was incredibly, um, you know, to have a large family, you were considered to be blessed. The more children you have, the more boys, I have no idea. If you have, if you have the more boys you have, the more blessed you are. And I think it's a blessing to have girls <laughs> as well. Like, <laughs> um, but to, to be infertile was, was, there was shame upon you. It was looked like God was frowning upon you. And there was humiliation in that for women. And so we know that Hannah's husband, he married another woman and she, would, she bore him children. And, she, and I think it's Hananiah. She, she, oh, she taunted Hannah. She taunted her that she couldn't have children. So this is something that she agonized over year after year after year, not being able to have children. But if there's one thing that I can take away from the life of Hannah is that in her grief, how strong she was and how determined and unwavering she was in coming before the altar of God. And every year, her and her husband would travel to Shiloh, to the temple, and they would off do their offerings. And it says that there was one time she went, she was so grieved one night, she went to the temple. And, you know, if you're reading the word, it's like her lips were moving, but she was praying to the Lord. So, I don't know, I guess she was moving and wailing in within herself. And the priest, Eli, thought that she was drunk. And he came to her in 1 Samuel 1, 7, he says, and he says, you know, what's going on? And anyway, but, you know, in, the, in that story, he gave her a blessing. And he said this, he said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. We know that she went back and God opened her womb and she became, she became pregnant. He remembered her. 1, Sa 1 Samuel 1.19, it says she became pregnant, had a son, and named him Samuel, which means God hears. 
I don't know if I can win my way, Lord. I don't know whether you've been in moments like that where you just stopped to breathe before the Lord. But you, God hears us. God sees and he knows and he's watching over us. He's got those wings over us. He's got you. Amen. Because Hannah made this promise to God in that song for that night, that if she, he gave her a son, that she would give him back to her. And she ended up giving that back to, she ended up giving her son, Samuel, back to, to Eli, the priest, to be king. I mean, I can't, I'm sure that in that time, it says that when he was about three or four, he was weaned. And at that time, when then they went to the temple, that, that time of the year that she handed him over, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine having, handing over that son. I'm sure that she had many dreams for her son. I'm sure that she had lots of, you know, staying in the, the family farm or the business. or She would have had lots of dreams, but she was committed to God. And she, she knew that that was a blessing upon her from the Lord, that the Lord had given her a son. So Hannah kept her promise. And, you know, the thing is, is that God blessed her even more. See, there's, there's, a, there's a blessing in the sacrifice because Hannah here had three more sons and two more daughters. I'm sure, though, when she was wailing in the temple and, you know, in that grief and she was handing, Lord, if you just give me a son, I'll give him to you, I'll give him to you. I mean, at that moment, she wouldn't have known that God was going to give her more children. She wouldn't have known that. Just one, Lord. And here the Lord gave her five more. You know what? There is a blessing. There is a blessing when we honor God. And you know, we are faithful to our word. God is faithful to us also. Amen. And we know that Hannah's yes to God opened up a great blessing for all, not just for Hannah and her husband, but for all of Israel. Samuel grew up to be the last judge of Israel. He was the first prophet. And he was a counselor to King David and to King Saul. I mean, what a man of God. Who would have known if she hadn't handed him over? Sometimes we don't know the plans that we have for our kids. Sometimes they're greater than us. They're bigger than us. And we can't see what God was planning here. And yet what an, a faithful woman that she was. What a great man that he was. The first thing that we need to surrender to God is our emotions. Sometimes we can have a lot of hostility and anger. Sometimes we can hold a lot of resentment and disappointment. And you know what? To do that, we're making a choice. And you know, we're giving it power when we're choosing not to release it. You know, we, we, there's so many people that I know that can ha hold on to anger for years and years and years. And it's just not worth it, and we can't live like that. You know, I remember my auntie sharing a story about how she'd lived in a home. She'd bought a home, and she'd lived in it for eight years. And after eight years, she'd realized that the back fence, there was two fences in the back, and there was a meter between them. And she was, so she realized that what had happened is that the neighbors, the, the previous people that had owned the property and the neighbors had this huge fight about a fence. And they were so angry that they built a second fence. And she didn't realize that there was a, a whole extra meter of, of land there waiting for her. So, of course, as soon as she knew that, she pulled the whole fence down. That changed the whole backyard. I mean, that's fighting. It's not worth it. I mean, that's crazy stuff. I mean, I don't know whether you've ever had a situation like that. But I remember when I was very young, I was very close to a certain auntie and uncle and cousins. And we were, they were probably the closest cousins to us on both sides. We, were, we would see each other regularly. And um, my parents were incredibly close. Um, 
So they ended up going to business together and the business started losing money. And of course, because my dad was the one that was financing it all and losing all the money, he decided to pull the plug on the business. Now that caused a huge ruckus in the family. That just was, you know, there was a, just a lot of things that were said. There was a huge breakdown in the, fa- like all the whole family came out at them. And this family that we'd known so well and had such a close relationship moved away to another state. You know, that's almost 40 years ago today. And we've, right through all our cousins' weddings and funerals, I've never seen my cousins. I've never, I wouldn't even know if I saw them walking down the street. I think I've seen my uncle once or twice. That's really sad. You know, we hold on to a lot of things. You know, God's given us family for a reason. Sometimes we just got to let it go. Just let it go. Isaiah 43, 18 says this, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You know, sometimes we just got to forget the past. We can't bring it back. We can't make it different. What's happened has happened. We've got to leave it there. You know, God's, we've got to look ahead because, you know what, there's amazing things ahead of us. And God can do the impossible in our life if we allow him. You know, here it's saying that he's making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Only God can do that. How do you do that? Only God can change a, a landscape in the wilderness. It's, Im- it's impossible for us, but possible with God. He make it, needs to make a decision to mend things in our lives and to let it go. It's like ash is down in the and frozen. Let it go. It's an amazing song. Just let it go. Amen. Only God can heal the broken heart. But you know what? Our job is to release it our, and, and just um, to forgive and surrender it to God. Amen. Fourth thing is that is surrendering security. You know, God, we're tr- you know, we need to trust God that he's going to take care of us and take care of our finances. He's going to take care of our home. I know moms that we get worried about this. We get worried about our kids. We get mo- worried about the, the bank balance, you know, our jobs. We get worried about the bills. It's a big thing. I don't know. I seem to worry about those things. My husband doesn't (laughs) because I do all the worrying. And you know what? what We need to find balance in our life. We need to, there's balance. And you know, that that gives us, that keeps us our mental health in the right place when we've got that balance. You know, sometimes we take these extra workload on and and it just, it's too much. It's too much. We need to have that that balance, that work-life balance. Amen. You know, when I was I was pregnant with Cara, I did an antenatal visit and I was with the nurse and she was taking me through these a lot of these anti yes and no questions and I remember she said, Oh look one of the questions that came up was something to the point of, Are you afraid, are you in fear of having this child? And I was quite shocked about it, you know, do you think you've got enough money? And I thought, Oh, like, why are you asking me about this? And she said, you know what, it's a very relevant question. She said, because there's a lot of women that that get fearful about having babies. They get fearful of, you know, because you're going from two two incomes to one and there's extra expenses. But you know what, we, we can't allow something good in our life to impact us at that time. We can't allow the stress and worry of our finance to impact us because God is going to take care of us, like he said. We've got to allow God's position in our lives, you know, our God's position in our lives opens up a blessing. It's not all bad. It's not like we have to surrender everything. We can see here that God, you know, through the word of God, that he is 
blessed people. And you know what? It's just, it just prepared. You know, like I said earlier, my yes to God early on in my life prepared me for what I'm doing today. It prepared me for my husband. And, you know, when we surrender to God, you know, we, we have the power ho- of the Holy Spirit flowing through us. Amen? A, a life completely to surrender to us. God can use us. We're being used as his vessel. There's nothing greater than that. There's nothing greater. Like Annette knew from the Holy Spirit that he told her that she was going to have that ticket today. She was going to be hers. That's the Holy Spirit talking to her. God wanted her to have it. And that's a confirmation that God wanted her to have it. God blessed you today. Amen. He wanted you to be blessed. You know, when we surrender to God, he can use us to our maximum capacity. You mean that means that all our purposes, all the, all the plans for us will come to fruition. The very thing that it created you for, you will do. Amen. When you have a surrendered life. You know, surrendering draws us near to him. It, you know, that intimacy with God. The word of God says is that draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Amen. It's us surrendering. We surrender and we're able to draw near to his altar today. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know what? God can require that of us. He can require us to surrender to him because he is God. He is God. Amen. Hallelujah. We just have to make that decision. And I just want to say, don't don't waste your life. Live in the fullness of everything that God has for you today. And maybe God's speaking to you in your heart and maybe there's something that, that's stirring within you, like something that you've held withheld from God. Don't, because there's a blessing. There's definitely a blessing when we surrender our life to God. He is all, amen. He is all we have. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You have just listened to a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au and be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available.